You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast, brought to you ad-free with the support of our patrons. Visit mashthosebuttons.com or stay tuned after the show for more details. Welcome to the Torn and the Goblin, the Mash Those Buttons podcast about Warcraft story and lore. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm Gragthar, Torn Hunter on Skywall US. And I'm Katie, Clanker Goblin Resto Shaman on Earth and Ring US. And today is March 20, that's March 24th now, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> 2022. And this is episode number 145, I believe. And last time, I don't know what happened. We had some kind of, I don't know, I wasn't feeling well. You weren't feeling well. We had some kind of like technical difficulties recording or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I apologize. The episode came out all messed up. Um, But we were able to go through and through the magic of uh, editing. uh, So big shout out to Kerbara and Jarrett for for handling that. Uh, We were able to salvage some of what we talked about there. So uh, at this point, we will join us uh, in progress as we're talking about uh, our good buddy Yogg Saran. Thonthus, <clears throat> oh, sorry about that. I guess I had something in my throat. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, that was a little weird. I felt a little strange there. Uh, yeah. Huh. Weird. Yeah, don't, don't eat squid before you record. Oh, I guess not. Especially the purple stuff with a lot of eyeballs. That's, yeah. Or, or that fish was talking to me at my sushi place. That was not good. Uh, that'll, that'll teach me to eat stuff off the floor. <sighs> yeah, but anyway, we'll be getting into, we'll, get, we'll be getting more into Yogg-Saron in a moment here. Hmm. Um, but before we do, um, uh, how are you doing, Katie? Have you been playing much of the game at all? Or So I've been able to jump in a bit. Uh, I'm pretty far behind overall, um, but I've been it's been a lot of fun to both catch up on the lore and then uh, I've been keeping a pretty close eye on a lot of the raid stuff. So like both the race to world first and then uh, my guild's been moving through it, uh, which has been really cool as well. Uh, but just like. I don't know, watching uh, watching and somewhat playing my way through Shadowlands. Uh, this recent patch, anyway, has been a lot of fun. Xerath Mortis has a lot to it, which is really neat. And uh, it's been really fun to watch people, like, uh, get their mounts and stuff like that. So it's been very joyful. I'm like, yes, more mounts. Everyone's all excited going and getting them. What about you? I can't find... I'm. There is an achievement for, like, each of the chapters. No, you know what? There's not, is there? I keep looking for an achievement for each of the chapters in the story. Like, I know there's one in here and I can't find it, but there's not. You have to look under the quest interface, don't you? Probably, yes. I've been looking in the wrong place this whole time. Because I'm like, well, yeah, they have the one achievement for when you get um, the the one story beat that you need for, for flying, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I got. Um, but yeah, then, then oh, yeah, I, I just, I, yeah, I just realized I'm playing wrong. I'm not playing <laughs> wrong, but I've been looking in the wrong place the whole time. Anyway, I'm glad we had this conversation because it made me understand something that I didn't understand before. <laughs> Glad to be of help. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you. So, um, no, I, it's, I, I'm frustrated a little bit only because I haven't really had time to do play much. I mean, I've managed to keep up at least with the story, Yeah. but to unlock flying, you have to do all that other stuff. Yeah. And I just haven't had a th- chance to do all that. And it's like, uh, you know, I just need the time to go in and do that. Um, yeah. that's like the, the classic podcaster's dilemma. You spend so much time podcasting, you don't have time to. Uh, you know, play the actual game you're supposed to talk about. Oh yeah, that is definitely a thing. So one other thing I've been spending time not in game doing, um, I have Comcast and this past weekend they had a, uh, a free demo of Apple TV plus, I think is the service. Uh, so I got to check out the first season of mythic quest, which is the, uh, Rob McElhenney, uh, Mac from it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He plays the head of a, a company that produces an MMO. And the first season's about their their first expansion, Mythic Quest being the MMO and the expansion being called, I think, was it Raven's Blood or Raven's something Raven's something. <laughs> Appropriately um, edgy and cool sounding. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, it's, I mean, as someone who is a interested observer of the gaming industry, I mean, it felt fairly spot on. I'm sure, I'm sure, I know there have been some people, you know, there are, are, are articles you can find where they kind of point out all the, uh, you know, the inaccuracies and also what they do get correct. 
Um, but for the most part, it seems to be fairly. It, it doesn't seem like the kind of thing that was made by people who had, had no clue. They at least right. have some clue, uh, and they're trying to be somewhat faithful to the you know to the industry. Um, but even then, they're telling a good story. I think um, the fourth episode is a, a like a flashback episode, which doesn't involve any of the main characters from this from the show, um, and it was really well done. So if you, I would say if you get the chance, check it out. It's got some cool uh, plot twists. There's one episode where. Uh, um, uh, uh, McElhenney's character is called uh, Ian Ian Grimm, and he he gets into a duel with a hacker, oh. and they build up the fight with the duel, like the build up the duel throughout the whole episode. And it's very well done. Um, but yeah, his character is 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 both tragically flawed and like completely hilarious at the same time, like just just completely egotistically hilarious, uh, which is it's typical. It, he feels like a step away, like. Like like kind of like Mac, but a little bit different. But it's you know, but if you can tell, it's the same actor. Like not just because he looks alike. Um, but yeah, they they do a lot of good stuff there. So I would say check that out if you get the chance. If you have Apple TV Plus, or if you're thinking about getting it, or uh, you know, if if you get a free preview weekend like we did. So I'm just disappointed I can't get to check out season two. So I'll have to wait until there's another free preview weekend. Sounds cool. Definitely gonna have to check it out. Yeah, well, you you have experience with the game industry. You might you might have a t- different takeaway than I do. Oh, I I think that's what would make it the most interesting, though. Uh, and it's it's always interesting to see dramatized versions of what people think we do because sometimes it's you're like, yeah, that's pretty realistic, and sometimes it's like that's not even what. Well, th- there is a focus on two of the characters who are uh, QA testers. Mm-hmm. Very nice, and so they get a lot of screen time. Good. As QA should. Um, but yeah. Sorry, the first thing I thought of is the, the South Park episode, Make Love Not Warcraft, which is still oh, one yes. of my very favorite. It's my favorite that South Park episode, one. but. That is a great like, one. That's definitely Absolutely. what game dev is. It's just us running around being like, the USB of truth! <laughs> well, I'm still impressed they put the Sword of Truth in Hearthstone. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's like it's almost as infamous as Leroy Jenkins at this point. So yes, you know, yes, it's almost as old too. <laughs> right? Yeah, about about that old. How do you kill that which has no life? Exactly. Uh, so speaking of killing things that have no life, oh boy, um, let, let's actually get into talking about Yogg-Saron now for a little bit here. Yeah, um, the big nasty we did, baddie. We did say we would talk about him for a little bit. Yes. I I love that he's just mostly mouths, creepy mouths, no eyes, like just mouths every mouths and tentacles. Like oh, I feel like all of the old gods have like a shtick, and his is his yeah. mouths. Uh, Cthun is um, eyeballs, and I don't know I, I, eyeballs, but also Cthun has some mouths. Like, yeah, he does. That's right, like little squid mouths almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, uh, well, and I guess, you, you, like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, they all have something, but then, like, I wonder what Yusharge looked like, because I don't think we really know. No, Yusharge, um, he had, like, seven heads. Yeah, something like that. Like, it was big. I mean, he was one there, of the biggest there is, of There is cats. artwork of, there, actually, there's, there's Hearthstone there? artwork of him. Oh, of course there is. Oh, yes, there's, that's right. That's right. Um, Yeah, you're right. What? <laughs> That's beside the point. They all have tentacles, it seems. That is a common theme. Most of them are an undesirable hue of some shade. Yeah, he yeah. basically, he looks, he lo- actually he doesn't have seven heads in this picture. At least I don't see this, the other seven heads. He's got like a bunch of eyeballs all together, though. And he's got horns. He looks kind of like, kind of like the, the, the Shah a little bit. Yeah. You know, me, I'll send you the picture here. That would make sense, because that's um, what the but Shah... They come from him, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're manifestations of him, sort of. Uh, but yeah, it's like uh, like Nazoth looked like a giant... Like, he kind of had, like, everything. So he had, like, this giant... He looked like a squid, then just, like, a giant maw on the top of his head, kind of, and he got lots of eyeballs, and he's really purpley. I don't know. I, I think Nazoth is my favorite one so far. Well, the neat- the neat thing about Nazoth is that yeah, he looks like a squid, except the squid part of his head, like the the, yeah. the crest, opens yep. up into yeah. its own mouth, and it's just like that's exactly. Like I'm very curious about their digestive tracts. Like how exactly does you get food into the stomach when you have all these potential ways that you should be digesting food, or are these mouths just for show, or 
combat like they're intended as a weapon and they like if you if you like you get eaten in the wrong mouth you don't actually get chewed or like you don't get digested you just get chewed and spit out because it doesn't go anywhere so if correct well, me then- i'm wrong because i'm like in one of the old god fights i think it's you saw um yang saran but it might have been Cthune. you actually go into their stomach and you like take acid damage okay i'm pretty sure you get like eaten yeah but the other thing to remember is, like, as we saw with Nazoth, because also, you know, taking in some game mechanics here, back when they made some of these, they were much more limited. Like, the Nazoth fight, like, yeah, when he pulls us into, like, Nihilotha, and, you know, you see him, like, corrupting the very surface of everything. I'm like, oh, there's, like, supposedly almost all of this is, like, some sort of, I don't want to say disembodied attachment to uh, him, but sort of like that. Like when you corrupt the space around you, I kind of think of it as like creep. So like, I don't know if they they can feel you walking on it, but essentially it like becomes old godified. So I don't know if like it just like springs a mouth and then it's like, does this actually have a digestive tract? I'm like, no, it's just gonna bite you. We don't know. Also, they're not supposed to be creatures rooted in so- any sort of like logic or sense. They're very much just like crystallized chaos. Right, right, but they they might not even need to eat for all we know. They probably don't. They probably just subsist on like, ha! I'm doing chaotic evil things today. They they subsist on fear and and despair. <laughs> Pretty much, just being general jerks. It's like that person that's like walks out of their apartment. They're all grumpy, and they they walk past a kid. And they like smack his ice cream so it falls on the floor. Like the the Gru is what I think of from yes. Despicable Me. He walks out. He's like, yes, I'm just like going out for a stroll and making everyone miserable. And I'm just, yeah. That that's basically an old god as a person. Except I like Gru. Yeah. Well, that's the problem. Yeah, Gru is he's he's actually a good guy. He is. He is. In terms of old gods, we have no old gods. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Join uh. us next week for our Despicable Me podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Too true, though. But yes, Yogg-Saron, uh, going back to it, is a very fun and exciting old god to cover because uh, he, they are so integrated into the story in a lot of ways, um, both like because they've actively done things and also because like they've actively been doing things under the surface that's caused a lot of pain that's kind of like radiated out through Azeroth. Also, I believe if I remember correctly, Yogg-Saron was heralded as like one of the most clever old gods, so like one of the most devious and cunning, one of the ones. I mean, they all kind of like lay low, but they all kind of have their their moments and what they're good at. And I believe if I remember correctly that Yogg-Saron was um heralded as one of the most clever. Not not one of the strongest, but one of the most clever. Well, the thing about Yogg-Saron, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, is that he's behind a lot of the turmoil that we find in Northrend mm-hmm. in Wrath of the Lich King. As much as the Lich King is, it seems like Yogg-Saron is like the the source of a lot of the turmoil, and the Lich King is kind of capitalizing on the turmoil. Yeah. In a way. So what's interesting is that the it's a kind of a I think a little known fact to some extent, but. Serenite is, um, in some sources, it's actually like the crystallized blood of Yogg-Saron. In other sources, it's more just like crystallized corrupted mineral, which I think is the closer interpretation to what it is. Um, but uh, the Lich King was actually using his forces to mine Serenite, and Serenite is known to cause any creatures that go near it to have like kind of go mad go crazy become really violent um because you know old gods that's like their their cup of tea they're like yay let's cause discord um and so they actually were making like weapons i don't know if they made ice crown citadel out of serenite but um i know yeah, that they did. yeah i was gonna say i thought they did because yeah sylvanas impaired impels herself on one of the spikes and then that yeah. has that whole there's a whole thing we'll get to that but well, that, well yeah we'll definitely be getting to that because <laughs> yeah. we're gonna get yeah, I think we're going to get much more on that when the uh, Sylvanas book comes out. Yes. If it's not already out by the time you guys are hearing this. Yes, probably. Well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll yeah. see if you have copies of it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so essentially, like, even even in the ore of Northrend, right, the the old gods, uh, the old god, Yogg-Saron, is, uh, is permeating the entire land in this very subtle and malicious way, I think is the best way to put it. What's impressive is like he basically spans like the entire width and length of Northrend. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. So, I mean, as much as we think, like, oh, yeah, he was imprisoned in Ulduar or nope. whatever, and, like, Ulduar is where we fight him, like, it, it, like, you know, like, I had that whole idea, and I think there even was, like, uh, like, it wasn't there, like, a map of, like, the, for, uh, uh, was it, was it 9.2 or 8.2, rather, or 8.3, where there was actually, like, a, no, it was for the, the, uh, if, there, there was a map somewhere where there was, like, a big, like, Nizoth was a big part of the map. Hmm. I think, and it got, it ultimately got cut. Um, but there was supposed to be like a, a like Nizoth was supposed to be like a whole zone, and like it kind of feels like the same could have been set for Yogg. That like mm-hmm. if he just kind of like shuddered, like you know, yeah. shivered hard enough, like all the land on Northrend would fall off and, and slough off, and then like we'd find out the entire continent is just like just him just hanging out in the ocean. Well, and that's the interesting thing. Like when we talk about old gods, is I feel like a lot of times people don't understand. The scale of their corruption because people are like oh yeah like you know it's you know Cthune right and I, I use him as an example because Cthune feels more quantifiable as a bad guy than like Yasharaj or even Nazoth because like obviously they have to have a, a model that's reasonably sized for us to fight um a lot of times anyway that's the best way to do it but if we talk about the old gods uh, especially Yasharj, like when they tried to, when the Titans tried to rip him out of the planet, Amonthul reached down and tried to like rip him out. It almost killed Azeroth because the he it was so embedded and his tendrils went so far out into Azeroth. Uh, and I think that's true of all of the old gods. Like they're, they're kind of like these malicious plant roots that just go really far out and uh, they corrupt everything kind of along them but it's so far under the surface that a lot of times um it's not as visible um interestingly enough um one of the few ways that we find out that he is uh kind of spreaded or spread excuse me spread throughout um northrend is the the fall of the world tree andrasil yes yes oh uh that's the Good. The, the the first place where we we kill Ursok or we find Ursok dead or yes I like that's where the I'm trying to remember which uh, Grizzly Heart tribe we're not Grizzly Heart um was it the Frenzy Heart or uh, yeah I think it's the Frenzy Heart Furbog was the word I was looking for but there's oh, yeah. a, a tribe out there that lives now in this fallen tree so I should actually um, back up a little bit here because this is an interesting story that I feel like a lot of people maybe no but maybe don't so in northrend um there is there was i should back up there is a giant tree but fend wow i am struggling tonight fandriel staghelm noticed that serenite was spreading rapidly across the continent of northrend uh, and they had kind of i think they at that point they had linked one and two together, sort of. They're like, they at least knew that it was a corruptible ore that was malicious and evil. Like, it caused people to do really bad things. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is suddenly popping up everywhere. And that's, it's kind of alarming. So because this guy has a penchant for liking to plant trees that he shouldn't, uh, he's like, you know what we should do is we should plant a world tree because that that helps. Uh, And he didn't really ask anyone before he did this, like he got a couple of his friends together, like, man, we should plant a world tree. Uh, to be fair, it did stop the spread of Serenite, but uh, it also made the Cenarian Circle and the Aspects uh, rather unhappy. He should have gotten the Blessing of the Aspects because the Blessing of the Aspects actually prevents corruption of the world trees. Because he didn't, uh, and the world tree grew nice and healthy, its roots went down and tapped Yogg-Saron, and Yogg-Saron went, huh, now look at this really powerful tree that's growing in the middle of my continent. I wonder what this does. And so essentially, Yogg-Saron was able to corrupt the tree, which uh, caused the Frenzy Heart to start to go insane, which then the Cenarian Circle were like, uh-oh, this is bad. They wound up cutting down the tree, and they're like, aha, don't worry, we saved it. Um, the interesting thing about that whole story is that by Yogg-Saron tapping into the tree, who's actually able to start to plant the seeds in the Emerald Dream. Like, that is what allowed him to, like, wedge open the door of the Emerald Dream to the rest of the old gods and start planting seeds in there, if I remember correctly. So, yes, uh, it wound up being a big did, no-no. Did, uh, was Fandral responsible for uh, planting Teldrassil as well? I feel like he was. Did, I thought he planted another yeah. one besides that as well. Because it seems like he's just 
He's like the Johnny Appleseed of he loves world trees. trees. Yeah, he's yeah, like, we need to do a world tree. And we're like, no, man, no, no more world trees. He's like, no, but I got a great idea. A world tree that's not blessed by the aspects. And we're like, dude, no, stop it. When, when all you have is a world tree, every problem is a place to plant a world tree. <laughs> he's like, okay, all right, I got it, guys. So the first world tree didn't work. We should plant a world tree on the world tree. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Like that's his solution. Besides burning, oh no, it down. you know it was the. I'm sorry, it was the Grizzle Maw for Obama. Grizzle Maw, yeah, not the Frenzy Heart. Yes, not the uh, Frenzy Heart. The Frenzy Heart. They're the Frenzy Heart. They're the uh, the opposite of the Oracles, aren't they? The little yeah, uh, yeah, the Wolvar. The, yes, the Wolvar. Yes, <sighs> I should know. I, I know somebody out there has been there. yelling. Somebody out there has been yelling at us for the last like three minutes. I know. That's been wrong. <sighs> Grizzle Maw, you idiots! <laughs> that, yes, which is well, why we so corrected ourselves. Yes, we so eventually, we're all on the same page now. <laughs> Someone's like, "Thank goodness!" Now their phone is all broken because they threw it across the room. <laughs> they don't even know we corrected ourselves. They're just mad. I don't blame. No, they, no, they did. They can't stop the podcast now oh, because I... their phone's broken. <laughs> <gasps> have to listen to me forever. Fate worse than but, death. <laughs> But you know that, I don't know that, I have a bit of a problem here. I'm going to kind of jump off topic All right, all right, no, no, go for it, go for it. And, because we're talking about the old gods here, and especially with the, the Saranite and, and the, the, the whole concept of corruption of the old gods. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Especially and the curse of flesh. And the curse, well, the, we'll get to the curse of flesh. Okay, That's okay, a little okay. separate. No, no, all right, all right. But no, the, but specifically the whole concept of the corruption, like you think about like Deathwing. And it's like, you know, oh, he, you know, he kind of, you know, he started, you know, listening to the earth a little too much. And it turned out that was the old gods. And, you know, I'm also, I, you know, I do a Mass Effect podcast. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. Uh, squad goals, <laughs> check that out. Um, but on there we have the Reapers where they, you know, they have their indoctrination, um, which More is basically have their corruption. And it's kind of, again, giant squids. <laughs> well, that's the problem. It's all, it's all of Lovecraftian origin. This no, is all inspired true. by Lovecraft. It's true. Um, it's true. So, you know, so it's all coming from the same place here and, you know, and, but it's, it's a similar kind of thing where, you know, you have, you know, you have these people that they interact with them and then just through their interaction, they wind up becoming, you know, indoctrinated or corrupted and then wind up working for them. And I wonder, is it like, is it the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, it's because there's whispers and like, is it the whispers in the back of their head that it's just the, the steady drumbeat of the whispers, you know, kind of like. You know, like water torture, it just eventually it just wins out. Like you can't fight the whispers forever, or is it something a little more subtle where they just, you know, they just kind of get you annoyed and they put you sort of off kilter enough that you get irritated and you start to think like, yeah, like everything does suck, and you know maybe we should try to you know change the timeline and blow up the world and do all this crazy stuff because like the 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 the, the whispers they seem a bit. A bit like you know, like I, I guess uh, not not subtle, like uh, ham-fisted, maybe mm -hmm. like very direct, blunt. Whereas the like, I'm thinking like I don't know, like like you know, okay, like like I was joking about a moment ago with with you know getting angry and throwing your phone, like the internet and in particularly like Twitter and Reddit, like we joke about how toxic those places they're can old be. Gods. Exactly, but that's what I'm not, not that they're necessarily old gods, but they're sort of like old god creations. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's sort of the old trope where it's like you know you uh, there was the episode of Buffy I should say where uh, uh, Willow uh, you know gets doused with the energy or whatever and she feels the pain of the entire world and then her immediate response is well I have to destroy the world to end this pain <laughs> and it's like we've basically done that to all of us where we've given ourselves the ability to like you know go onto a you know go into an app and just scroll through everybody complaining about everything well, and so. Well, and so I just wonder, like, is it that the old gods, they sit there and they just keep saying, like, you know, your friends will betray you. Your friends will betray you. You know, like, you're, you're, you're worthless. You know, you know, we're going to win in the end. You should succumb. Like, is it, is it just that steady, you know, drumbeat of, of them just saying that over and over again that eventually you give in? Or is it just more like, yeah, you know, everything kind of sucks. Did you notice that? And then they kind of let things happen or maybe they even implement little things. Like, I wouldn't say, like, the, the – like Twitter was necessarily an old God creation, but it's definitely the kind of thing. Like I could see, like they put the idea in somebody's head, like uh was it Jack or whoever the guy was that created Twitter, you know, or, or, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, over at Facebook, like definitely is, is, you know, hearing the old God whispers, like, you know, they, they kind of, you know, they planted the seed in that way, kind of like Fandral planting his world tree seeds. And now, 
you know, now they've, they've unleashed pain and suffering and, you know, pretty much, you know, people are just like, okay, yeah, like, you know, I, I'm writing off half of the population because they're completely lost. So it's fun that you ask whether or not that was rhetorical, because I'm going to answer it. We actually have uh, a lot ample examples of both scenarios. So the old gods, as we know, are very devious and they use different tactics depending on different people. So, for example, Deathwing was worn down by via the steady drumbeat over the over time. They actually, if I remember correctly, I'm trying to remember what source it was, but they talk about him trying valiantly to shut the mind the, the words out of his mind. He's like, no, I like I know there's something going wrong here. Like he was also, I believe, slumbering at this point, right? So he was slumbering beneath the earth very close to the old gods, and he's trying very hard not to listen to them, but eventually, you know, they just need to seep in just a little bit. There just needs to be that little crack, just like the, the way into the Emerald Dream. So wait, if he had just thought for a minute and just said, okay, I'm trying to sleep in deep down in the earth. And I'm, I've got these these voices that are in my head. Like, why didn't he just like, fl- like I guess they didn't have any of the world trees at the time. Did, like, fly up to the highest mountain. Just go He's sleep the up earth there. Border. He wants but to be he, in the earth. He, he, he can take vacations. I'm sure, but he was sleeping. Can, I mean, dude. He could go somewhere. He could go somewhere. He doesn't have to be deep in the earth. He could go up yes, to the surface does. at least. Yes, he does. He's the earth no, he Yes, he does. I'm no, saying, he yes, he does. Not, not, he's literally he's, he's allowed to the leave. Earth. He's allowed to leave. He's not there. You know, he's not chained to it. Okay, no, I'm not saying he has to. I'm saying he should be in the earth because that's where, like, that's a lot of times they stick close to their element. It makes sense. So, like, he's like, I feel the most comfortable deep in the earth. He clearly doesn't. He clearly doesn't feel the most comfortable because he got whispers in his head. Okay, okay. Those are two separate things. He's like, I'm in my happy little hidey hole, deep, very far away from a bunch of jerks on the surface. I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to take a multiple thousand year nap because I need one because I'm grumpy. And I'm like, I love you, Deathwing, but take a nap. Uh, And so he does. But lo and behold, while he's sleeping, he is greatly, I wouldn't say even greatly weakened, but he is very susceptible to these types of whispers. And, you know, it's like at first he's like, oh, no, I... I, I, you know, as much as you can while you're not conscious, he's trying to fight off these whispers and then whatever. I don't know what whisper did it, but they just they cracked open that door just a little bit. And then they just start to because with the old gods, with the old gods, it's a long game. It's not a short game. It's not just like your friends are going to betray you. And you're like, gosh, darn, you're right. My friends are going to betray me. You're like, no, no, my friends aren't going to betray me. And then one of your friends, is, I don't know, takes your phone and they drop it in the toilet and you're like. Why'd you do that, Frank? And, you're like, and then the old gods, he's like, I told you your friend was going to betray you. And you're like, gosh dang it, Frank did betray me. Drop my phone in the toilet. What a jerk. So it's it's one of those where it's uh, that one that at least is over time. But uh, they they actually use different methods depending. Like um, Loken, what they did is they wound up like manipulating. Yogg-Saron was manipulating his emotions to some extent. So like, like. Uh, you know, he would play up his fear. And so, like, I don't know that Loken actually would hear Yogg-Saron. He might have actually heard whispers, but it might have also been subtle enough for it. It feels like it's your own thought. Because I feel like the old gods are really good at that. Like, so, like our characters hear the physical whispers of the old gods, uh, but because we're player-facing, they have to be a little more ham-fisted with some of that. Also, when we're fighting... <laughs> These giant um, old god manifestations or even a lot of their um, generals or whatever. I mean, they're just like, go die, Azerothian. And I'm like, that's fair. (laughs) So they're not trying to convert us at this point. They're just trying to kill us. So I don't know. I I get very excited about old gods. Like the puzzle box is a great example. Yes. Them talking more or less directly and also indirectly to us. Yes. Well, that's at least even then, like the puzzle box. I mean, even you know, go so far as like Ilganoth. Um, I mean, I think one of the ways that they they get at everybody is they put these riddles out there that, like you know, I mean, some of it like okay, your friends will betray you. Yeah, that's not that's not much of a riddle. <laughs> um, but then you know, you know, like what is it like under like uh, was under the sea she sleeps or whatever, or you know, in the in the underwater city of Nihilotha. Like when they start mentioning that kind of stuff, and you're like, well, what's Where's Nihilotha? Like, where's all that stuff? Like, because, you know, at the time we didn't have that in the game. Yeah. Um, like, have you had the dream again? A black goat with seven eyes that watches from the outside. Like, yeah. crazy stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that's all the, the, the fun stuff there. But, 
at the same time, like, you know, it's fun for us as like, you know, the, the, who like to dig into the lore and speculate, but you have yeah. to figure it's just kind of annoying. Like, oh, you're talking gibberish again, or what, what are you talking about? But then, you know, should you happen to see anything that looks kind of like, you know, vaguely like a goat with seven eyes, you're like, oh, you know, like, what, what, what were they talking about? Oh, no. Oh, no. Right. Now, I, I think one of the neat things, at least from a game development standpoint, is because they have all of these whispers written, it's very easy for them to go back and pull them and then, like, try to incorporate certain things into the lore. Like, since the whispers tend to be very vague, um, except for, like, you know, the, the ones that Zalatath was telling us, but, um, like, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to be like, yeah, like, in Nihilotha, there is only sleep, but you're like, okay, there, there's no death in Nihilotha, there's only sleep, I think is actually what the quote is. Uh, and, you know, like, when we were in Nihilotha, it kind of implies that, like, when we're going through, where you might not actually be killing them, we just are putting them to in dormancy, if that makes sense, because they might not be like demons. We don't really know. Well, um, the other problem is just that they're so massive. Like, you, yeah. Like, I, I don't think we can be, like, I, Niz like okay, Nizoth, we may have legitimately killed assuming everything was on the up and up with the forge and the beam right because like, that but that's the kind of thing you need if you're going to take out an old god is like you need power of that magnitude like for yog saran or even Cthune, like if we're just down there with our little weapons like you know like you know imagine like you know like 40 you know flies on your back like armed with toothpicks i mean that'll be annoying <laughs> It's like Yasarage, but, even though he got ripped out of the planet, it's not really dead. Like, the heart no. still beats, and you're just like, this is so upsetting. Like, what does it take for you to die? And they they, they just don't, really. Uh, I don't... Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but that's even interesting, because you're absolutely right. Like, the, the, the whole concept of Yasarage, like, being ripped out, shredded, basically... Yep. Literally, like but chunks not, of his body fell to the it's, planet. It's like an earthworm. Like yeah. if you cut, it, but it, but if you cut an earthworm in half, like you get like two earthworms. So it's not it's not quite like that. It's like you maybe more no. It's, no, a starfish does the same thing. Like you get a starfish in half. You but get it's two like starfish. an earth uh, earthworm with a hive mind. Like they're still all a pieces bit. of the whole. Well, I think. Yeah, well, but I don't think like the Shah had a. I mean, the, the Shah seemed very. Um, very primal in that regard. Like I think they were so, just, to some extent. Like they like they, they were manifestations. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they, but, but no, but you're right though. Like that's like, you know, you rip the body apart and then each part became its own entity. And that's why the Shah terrorized, uh, you know, terrorized Pandaria for so long, because that was the, you know, you took the old guy, you shredded it up and you now had, you know, it's, it's the, it's sort of the old joke. What is it? Would you rather have like, you know, like seven, you know, seven, like, you know, Shah sized charges or. Uh, you know, like a one yasharge sized Shah. <laughs> Oof. I don't know that any of those are good scenarios. They're all no, no, no. Bad. It's all the same thing. It's all the same thing, it's really. True. It's, it's. I mean, just one of them's a bigger target, but yeah, it's yeah. Essentially, we have we in the history of Azeroth, we've gotten both, and we know they're both bad. So, uh, it is it is interesting though because of all of the old gods. I feel like Yogg's are on to me, still feels like one of the most devious. Um, just because, like, I, as we mentioned earlier, Yogg-Saron was actually responsible for the creation of the Curse of Flesh, and that's because Yogg-Saron was actively trying to um, weaken the uh, Titan Keepers, um, mostly so he could take control of them, or so the old gods could influence them at all, because the the Titan, the Keepers, or the Titan Keepers, um, the... They had another name for them that I was trying to think of, but essentially the um, the armies of the titans that were on Azeroth were made of stone, largely, or things that were, I want to say, inanimate to some extent. So the old gods could really only corrupt things that were, I want to say, physical, because I think to some extent they could corrupt elementals, but they can't corrupt like straight stone to do their will. I think I that was part of the problem. They could corrupt the elementals because that was the, they, they didn't corrupt they the elementals. Them, they, fought, they? they fought them until they beat them. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. didn't corrupt them. Yeah, they, they just corrupted. beat them into submission. Yeah. So I, yeah. it's one of those where it's like, as far as we know, in all of the examples we kind of see, they, they are really only able to fully corrupt things that are at least um, partly flesh or mostly flesh, like, you know, uh, humans, any of the races of Azeroth, that sort of stuff. Uh, dragons, you know, all them fleshy things, but uh, they, he wound up being the one to create that, which is 
I don't know. I think that's fairly devious in itself. And then, you know, he's the one that kind of like caused Loken to start to, uh, I don't know, deviate from his brothers and sisters. And I don't know. He's been pulling the strings in Northrend for a very long time. Right. Impressive. Well, the the problem with Yogg-Saron is that he talks a lot because he's mouthy. (laughs) He does. I mean, he's got a lot of mouths. I wonder if that means like, Okay, this this is totally random, so forgive me. This is an off-the-wall thought, but can he talk out of multiple mouths at the same time? So, like, can is it just He's a, a cacophony? politician. Uh, well, <laughs> wow. I mean, I just imagined him in, like, this little top hat, and he has, like, a monocle somewhere, <laughs> but, like, we don't know where it goes because he doesn't have any eyeballs. <laughs> He's, he's he's Mr. Moneybags from Monopoly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Except he doesn't. He just has a lot of monocles somewhere. <laughs> um, Collect two hundred dollars in bank error. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> right. Thanks for that. Because now I imagine each mouth with a mustache on it. I'm never gonna see him the same ever again. He's such a dapper old god. Didn't you know? Uh, but no, it, it would be interesting if it's just like a cacophony of sound when you go down to talk to him. Because like, it, one of the cool things about the old gods and like, I don't know, all of their minions is that, I guess I should say one of my favorite lore slash game dev things is you can hear them talking in the old god language to you and then they translate it to your character. So you kind of like, your character hears them talking and then in their mind they they hear the whisper translated to them. Uh, which is, I was like, oh, that's always such like a, a creepy, I love that vibe. It's it's great. Um, but uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm trying to imagine, because that might be one of the ways, like, if an old god can literally talk to someone using multiple mouths at the same time, like, you could just have this unrelenting noise in your mind. And that would drive anyone mad after a while, I'm fairly certain. Just, like, absolute silence drives people crazy absolute noise like it's not white noise anymore it's just oh anyway i don't know that was a random thought but kind of interesting to think about because he has a lot of mouths i'm like can he talk out of all the mouths at the same time can he say different things they all say the same thing these are the questions no one cares about that katie asks i I relate to yogg because we both have a lot of mouths to feed (laughs) i was like if he goes out to get boba does he eat out of all of the mouths Does he get one like one drink with a bunch of straws, or does he get a whole bunch of little drinks with all individual straws? I'm sorry, just imagine like this tiny, tiny little cup that has like a thousand straws just crammed in it, so there's basically no liquid left. He just some adventurers are coming down, they're like, Oh, sorry, I'll just I'll just be a minute, just like sweeping the McDonald's bag. Like, I'm oh, sorry, it's okay, hold on just a second, it's just finishing dinner. Okay, I'm ready. You can come in now. I didn't clean my room in time for weekly reset. (laughs) Yogg's problem is that he exists in a time before Uber and DoorDash, and he's clearly not going drive-through. So he has to corrupt people so they can bring him food. I mean, could you? That I'm sorry, just trying to imagine him going through a (laughs) drive-through. First, we imagined him with mustaches. Then the drive-through. Then, well, I should say the sippy straws, sippy cup. That's how you do it. He needs a sippy cup. Because, like, you know, if you try to put the straw in those giant teeth, it's going to gnash the straw. So he's like, that's true. That's true. Little sippy cups. Or you'll get the straw, like, stuck in between the teeth. Yeah. And then, like, you're, yeah, like with the people out. and, like, ugh, it just, it just it's gross that way. You know how hard it is to get people and straws out of your teeth? How much do you think he spends on floss? Mm. Probably a lot. You know, that, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's truly why uh, he, he cut down the world trees. He needs some dental picks. <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> uh, it's all toothpick production. I was going to put in a, uh, a crack about the Nerubians and floss, but I'll, 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 I'll come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's just, so I just find Yogg interesting because he sort of, you know, because he's behind like the rise, like Loken and everything that Loken does with mm-hmm. the rise of the uh, the Iron Dwarves and uh, the the Vrykul kind of showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way, it feels like because one of the uh, you know to kind of compare it to what's going on currently in Shadowlands, uh, you know, they're trying they're trying to say like, oh, the Jailer was behind a lot of these things that happened previously, 
And it feels like Yogg was legitimately behind a lot of things that happened. And admittedly, this was all kind of within the breadth of one expansion, at least things that were introduced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like they had to go back and, and retcon Yogg as to be, having been involved in anything necessarily. Um, but it just feels like they did a much better job of making Yogg feel like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like, if not like a master planner, at least like he's, you know, he's got like his tentacles and everything. Mm-hmm. And when we go to fight him in Ulduar, like it, 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 it means something because he's kind of you know, been showing up everywhere we've been. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a complaint against the jailer that he, you know, that they tried to do that with the jailer and it didn't quite fit. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, it's, there are two very different forces if we want to compare the jailer and an old god. Um, the, I'd say the first is that old gods by this point, like I'm talking about at Wrath, have been fairly well established, not like, is well established as they are like post Pandaria, but still like you know we we saw Cthulhu, uh, we had Yaxaron, like we we've run into two of them, and I think we've heard of at least one or two more by this point, just like in various mentions or quest texts or whatever. And so uh, the first I would say is it when they draw that very close uh, relationship uh, to Lovecraftian lore, like that gives people a very strong emotional connection to them because they're like oh i i understand immediately what kind of creepy vibes they're pulling uh and it also it it sets up this expectation of never fully being able to understand their schemes because they're the warcraft lore is very uh very upfront about that it's like their machinations are far outside what we could ever understand and so essentially if you just throw something you're like oh yeah but an old god was planning that like it doesn't feel like too far of a leap because it's like, oh, yes, they plan things for like millennia in advance and they like order things just so so they will fall into place a certain way. Uh, so on that kind of cosmic scale, when you think about old gods, you're like, ah, well, yes, of course, this was an old god thing. Like uh, even like the Serenite is a really interesting touch where it's like, yeah, this is crystallized blood of an old god and it makes you go crazy and you're like. That sounds kind of wild, but, you know, whatever. It's a, basically a Lovecraftian creature that's far outside of what I can imagine. So I was like, sure, that makes sense. Why not? Um, I feel like there, there's a multiple multitude, I should say, of reasons that I feel like the, the Jailer might not have hit as strong. But I think one of them is he, in some aspects, felt too grounded. Like, he didn't come off so much as this, like, giant enigmatic, like, entity that's not understandable like they kind of went this weird half and half route in my opinion where they tried to make him kind of relatable and understandable and then they are like but he's a big bad guy like we're trying to find out his backstory but we're also trying to make him like this big mysterious bad guy and the nice thing about old gods is we don't have to know their background they're just bad they're just horrible they're just like you know it doesn't matter where they came from it just matters what they're doing uh and so it's it's a very different story beat, and I think that's part of the problem is that the the jailer just never really committed to any bad guy trope, really, except for just like kind of bad guy trope. Like they tried to do the like for some reason, you know, he was trying to save the world, and then you know, so I don't know. But I think that for for some reason he was trying to save the world trope. They kind of lean into that. Fairly regularly. I mean, you know, we saw it sort of with, with Sylvanas, you know, she, oh, she was trying to actually help everything with, you know, working with the jailer who was actually trying to prevent, uh, you know, so, you know, trying, trying to reshape the universe to, to make sure everybody was ready to face what was to come. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of had Rathion where it's like, oh, he had the ulterior motive of like, let's, let's kickstart a war here. So everybody will be ready to fight the Legion. Uh, you have Sargeras who's like, oh no, like we, the Legion needs to come through and, and clean everything so that we're ready to fight the void. Um, and now I wonder if like, you know, for what we've seen of the void Lords, we know, or, or not the void Lords, but uh, the old gods, you know, coming from the void, um, you know, being lesser than the void Lords. We know that the void Lords are sort of the, the top tier mm-hmm. of the, the void entities. If we're not going to get to a point where, oh, hey, like, yeah, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, going out there sowing chaos, but we have a good reason for that. Like, you know, right. chaos is what's needed to to win the day. Like this is, you know. If we can get chaos everywhere, then, you know, that whatever is going to come, you know, we can fight that. Um, and, I, and, and I wonder if it's not a case where, like, ostensibly, yeah, okay, you know, like, Void, Old God's bad. But the problem is Void, Old God's aren't necessarily bad. Or at least no. Void isn't bad because we have the Void Elves. We have uh, the uh, the Ethereals. What's his, uh, the, the Locust Walker? 
yes, um, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, I think it's Locust Walker. Locust. I think it's Locust Walker. Um, that you know that, that we've started to see people, you know, beings wielding the void in a way, you know, and and being, you know, good. That's true. For lack of a better word, you know that that, that they're not, you know, that that uh, Alaria is able to wield the void and hold the, you know, insanity at bay, mm-hmm. hold the, you know, at least thus far. Um, and, and so I wonder if, 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 you know, it, it, I, and I, I get like, there's p- part of it is, you know, the power and the force is separate from the person wielding it. Yes. The, the being or entity wielding it can be good or bad and use that power for good or bad, you know, as they so choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause we've seen people use the light. Yep. For bad things so Drow. you know so so we're seeing well we haven't actually seen we've just heard second you know secondhand i'm pretty Drow. sure you see her don't you when you do no, the no i don't recall i, don't I think thought she was like, on the battlefield and she chases you away i thought that maybe that maybe I'll, it was a different uh, yeah it's been a long time back. i think it's been like four or five years since i, I did it i don't, it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. But, regardless, but regardless regardless um no but but you know like we're seeing you know sort of a a you know, a, a delineation between the force and then those who use the force. And, and now I'm bringing Jedi into this for no reason, but um, no, it's that. I, I just wonder, like, are we going to find out like, okay, like, like, I feel like when you do that, like you don't have just a force of evil that every, every, every step of the way, like there's, you know, there's no, like everybody's got their reason. And I feel like at some point we're going to get a reason like, well, why are the void lords and the old gods the way that they are? And we're going to find out like, Oh no, like they actually have a vision. Like they actually have like a, a, a platform that they want to run on. That's why they're politicians because oh they, they, they want to see, set things a certain way. No, the, the way that I, I choose to interpret this uh, very much like you said, where it, it, first it comes down to the user for whatever force they're, they're wielding. Um, but the, I guess the three cosmic forces in the universe or the cosmos that we see are the Legion, which is the Fell. Uh, we have the Void, which the Void Lords, and then we have the Light. And there are, there are other ones as well, uh, but not like, those are kind of the three major ones, unless I'm missing one on are kind of like subsets of, um, others. But for those three forces, really, mostly it's the Light and the Void that are going at it. And the Fell is just. And I want to say it's just kind of there, but it's like lesser of those three. Um, Because that was Sargeras's whole shtick, which we don't need to go into. Um, But, like, it it very much is uh, order versus chaos. And neither of those forces are good and neither of those forces are bad. Both of those forces think the diametrically opposed force is wrong, right? So it's, it's one of those where like beings of the light are like ah yes beings of chaos they're wrong they're going to reshape the the universe in the image of chaos we can't let them do that and you know beings of chaos are like you know those squares from the light they just want everything to be all orderly and nice we can't stand for that um so it's interesting to me because i i don't truly believe that void is evil and light is good because we've definitely seen a lot of examples where it's not where the light is doing something horrible and the void is being used for good, uh, and it—I don't know that the old gods. I, we we paint them as evil. Um, to us, they are certainly evil. They they are they're malicious to some extent, but I think that's their nature. Like they just want to spread the chaos, and as us living on Azeroth, that is seen as a malicious malicious or aggressive act because that does not it does not help us. It really uh, how do I say? It's a negative thing for a lot of the denizens. Because it causes you to go nuts, and it's just not something that we enjoy. Because I believe most of the um, beings of Azeroth and beyond are probably beings of order to some extent. Um. Anyway, that was kind of a like if we if we had a race of people that were from the void, like maybe maybe they'd be like, sure, old gods are great, and the old gods are like, sure, whatever. Or if we ever got to play like Nerubians or something cool. Which we don't. Katie was just building up to that point, obviously. Um, but that being said, like if we got to have a race that we interacted with that didn't want to try and kill us at the end of the day, I'm looking at you, Claxy. 
I'm still mad about that betrayal. I'm still salty all these years later. But uh, they are ones that welcome the the void and the old gods, and it would be interesting to hear their thoughts and opinions on it to some extent. But they are also just servants to some extent. I don't know. <sighs> that was a very long-winded way to say. I think the old gods harm uh, a lot of the denizens of Azeroth, and that is just their nature, but, like, they themselves are not necessarily malicious. I don't really know how to say that correctly. I don't think I'm uh, articulating myself as well as I, I'd like to. It's hard to explain. Like, I don't think they specifically care about your character. They're like, whatever, like, I just want to corrupt as many people as possible. We want to corrupt uh, the late, the, the sleeping titan of Azeroth. That's been their goal for a very long time. Uh, and, you know, they're like, yeah, if I can come here, sow some chaos, like, paint the world my image, like, bonus, love it, let's do it, let's ship it. But uh, otherwise, they're, I think they're just, they have much broader schemes in play than just, you know, corrupting little pockets of Northrend or something like that. That, so was, I'm, that was quite the tirade. I'm, yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's not, that's fine, that's fine. That's what we're here for. It's true. Um, but let's let's talk for a minute about the Alduar raid, in particular, the three visions that you get when you're fighting Yog Saron. Ah, uh, yes. Um, because the the implication here is that when you see these visions, that there there there's something he he's involved in. Um, and the the first vision you get is the creation of the Dragon Soul mm -hmm. uh, by Deathwing uh, and the other aspects uh, back during the War of the Ancients. Um, and so you get the implication, well, yeah, like he was one of the guys behind getting, you know, be behind turning Naltharian into Deathwing, you yes. know, kind of get getting him on board with the, yay, you know, let's uh, let's destroy everything and take over kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, which is fine, makes sense, all good there. The second vision you get is the assassination of King Lane by Garona, mm -hmm. which was an interesting one, honestly. Yes. Because I always thought that that was done because Garona was programmed by the Shadow Council. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and this might be one of those where there is an unreliable narrator. So it may be that Yogg had potentially put some of those wheels in motion and the Shadow Council did the rest. Uh, it could be that he, you know, tipped the, the, the scale uh, to balance in favor of killing um the king but like i don't i don't know it, it is interesting that a lot of times i think yeah that vision w was one of the ones that surprised me initially when i saw it um because i don't recall that he was actually involved in it but because it's there canonically i mean he must have been pulling strings somewhere and it doesn't mean that he was pulling garona's string specifically it could have been one member on the shadow council it could have been just aiding in the whispers while she slept. Like, it could have been anything. Could have even been or like, King Lane, you should sit on the throne today, right now. <laughs> or what if not. he's showing the vision just out of, like, professional jealousy? Like, oh, I wish I had been behind that. That was a really good subterfuge. But see, like, <laughs> unreliable narrator, we'd be like, the old gods did it all along. He's like, yeah, that was totally me. It wasn't me. It was totally it me. Totally. Just exactly. taking street creds. Sure. Exactly. Your charge is like, you jerk. I was the one that had a giant piece fall. I don't know, whatever. Probably not. Actually, if it was any of the old gods, it would probably... It's not... Um, it wouldn't be Cthulhu. He's on Kalimdor. Yeah. Well, that's the problem is like the Shadow Council, their origins and Garona's origins yeah. all come from Draenor. Which doesn't have any, as far as we know. Right. We would hope they would have so... manifested themselves so we could punch him in the face. Well, no, they had... I mean, there were the, uh, there, there are, there were some of the Arakoa trying to summon an old god. That's true. That's true. But I don't think they ever actually manifested one. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no old god, I think, like, buried in the planet there or anything I don't like think that. So. No. Uh, um, no, they, they had plenty of their own problems. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's for sure. But the, the third vision is of the Lich King torturing Bolvar. Mm -hmm. And, and this gave rise to some of the theories that, like, okay, like, the Lich King is definitely, like, an external presence. Um, you know, you, you know, the the uh, the helmet 
being, you know, gifted to the Legion through the Dreadlords. You know, we didn't know about uh, the the Primus and, and everything at that time. Um, but, you know, so so now, you know, Arthas is removed. The the helmet is on Bolvar, who is now sitting in a, you know, a, a, a castle of Saronite. Yeah. Uh, you know, after having been tortured, you know, He's he was imbued with the you know the 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 flame of the the life binder, mm-hmm. so he kind of can't die. So he's you know he's he's stuck being tortured there. And there was speculation like, oh, this is this was Yogg's plan all along mm-hmm. was to you know like the Lich King was an imperfect vessel. Arthas the Lich King was an imperfect vessel. Get your your you know guy in here, torture him, program him, mm-hmm. get him on the throne, give him the scourge, and then just let him sit there. And, you know, he's kind of, you know, I mean, Bolvar as it was, was sort of an unknown quantity for the longest time. It's why when, you know, he shows back up and things are getting active in Legion, Mm -hmm. that even as a Death Knight, you're a little bit concerned. Mm -hmm. You're like, hey. And, and, And the Death Knight campaign was so well done because, you know, you start out with uh, Darian and you're like, okay, like, we don't trust Bolvar. You know, we're going to keep, we're, we're working with him because we want to keep an eye on him. It was the, you know, keep your friends close and your enemies closer kind of thing. Right. And then by the end of it, Bolvar's running the show. Yep. <laughs> like, he, like he played everybody like a fiddle and it's just, you know, and you're just like, well, that, you know, that didn't go well. Um, But, you know, but here we are. And ultimately we find out like Bolvar had his own, you know, he was working to, to check the, the influence of the jailer and all that stuff. But. You know, at the time, we're like, well, what we don't know what Bolvar's ultimate motivations are. And it seems like here he is, you know, you know, we saw, you know, Yogg being somebody who could manipulate mm-hmm. and, and set up situations. We saw Bolvar going through the same steps of manipulating and setting up situations such that he came out on top. You know, as a death knight, it was legitimately concerning to be like, okay, like so far everything seems like it's good, but what if it's not? So what's interesting about that line of thought is if uh, and this is a big if but if the jailer was trying to prevent the void or the old gods encroaching and Yogg-Saron's like wow I have a really powerful puppet that I can go try and use to take out the jailer like you know it essentially it's like oh yeah look we we took that pawn off the board says Yogg-Saron sitting there chuckling with all of his mouths in Northrend um so to some extent like that's one of the reasons the old gods are so malicious is they're very good at manipulating people from afar even like they they are very good at planting ideas that you'll think are your own idea essentially like in the they're very subtle about it at least young saron is very good at being subtle and manipulating people uh whereas i think some of the other old gods are a little more ham-fisted but uh nazoth <laughs> Is a little more hand-fisted. He's like, and everybody has eyeballs. And I'm like, I don't, that's, that's like your calling card, buddy. Um, <laughs> lots of eyeballs all the time. It's just a hat. It's just a hat. So, you know, everybody, you know, it's like you wear a baseball hat. Yeah. It's not you a know, I just want to point out of, of the two of us, which one of us was actually giving out eyeball hats to people? Okay. I still have a bunch of eyeball hats to give out to people. I'm just saying next BlizzCon. I can give out, everyone can be corrupted. I'm like, you get corruption, and you get corruption. It'll be great. Everyone can be corrupted. We can all be corrupted together with eyeballs. It'll be great. Old God cult. Dark Moon Fair. Let's make it happen. <laughs> you know, I just wonder where the idea for this episode came from. That's a good was question. It, was it legitimately ours, or was it implanted in our heads? I mean, I believe it's, you know, Yogg-Saron was the only old god we didn't talk about, and we... You know, done a pretty good job talking up their accolades here, you know. But uh huh. no, it was it was definitely a piece of fan mail that just had looked like a giant tentacle had scribbled <laughs> on it. I was like, oh, okay. And at the at the bottom someone was nice enough to pen Yog Saran. So we were just responding to our, our biggest fan. It's too bad he's not made out of ears, because then he could listen to our podcast all of the time. It was by a guy named Aaron Yogs. <laughs> Aaron Yogs. <laughs> but he wrote his name with the you know last name first with a comma. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but I guess one one final note here because we're getting to the point where we want to wrap up um, is that 
you know, in Legion, we do go back to Alduar and we do see the visions. That's where we, uh, you know, Magni's like, oh, the planet's in pain. We get the vision of the sword. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize, like, oh, like, no, the sword's going to stab the planet. We just kind of get a vision of what's going to happen. Uh, but then also, at the end, uh, when we're in the, the Chamber of the Heart, we call Alduar. And uh, Murmuron, I think he answers, and then he hangs up. <laughs> Classic Murmuron. <laughs> Is it Classic Murmuron? I'm pretty sure like, he hangs up on us, like, doesn't he? Like, once before? Maybe, but, I like, he did. it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, uh, uh Ominous. Yeah, I was gonna say it's kind of alarming though. Um, like it, it, it's one of those things where it's like in the moment you're like, oh, that's kind of funny, maybe, and then you think about it for a second, you're like, wait, did he, did he not disconnect? Did someone like you know interrupt our our signal talking to someone? And honestly, I think uh, there's a lot to be a lot of story left for Yogg-Saron because it's, it's clear that Yogg-Saron is not dead and that they're still active uh, to some extent. Now I think. They're subdued, so they're probably less powerful or have less ability. But again, that that lovely old god trait is they they can slowly awaken even after being subdued. And sometimes that's how they move the best is they're like, oh, yes, look at me. Oh, I was I was defeated. Oh, no. <laughs> I could just see him like rolling over and sticking out all of his tongue. He's like, ah, yep, you guys got me. Better, better lay here for a while. Here's some shiny crap that fell through the floor earlier. And then they all leave and he's like, okay, time to get back to bonding and scheming. So I don't think we've seen the last of him. No. And, and that makes sense too, that, I mean, assuming they plan for their defeat at some point mm-hmm. that, okay, like they're going to go basically in a hibernation when they get beat up enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they have enough minions and, you know, enough powerful enough minions, then you know, they can have somebody out there executing their plans while they're resting up. And exactly. then when it's time for them to reemerge, you know, the stage is set for them. It's not like they're waking up and they're like, okay, now we got to start from scratch. Uh, you know, they, they have, you know, the, the various uh, Twilight Hammers cults mm-hmm. iterations that we've seen of that and whatnot. Um, so, they're, yeah, they'll, they'll be ready to come back when they're ready to come back. They're definitely devious enough, devious enough to plan and execute their own fake death like they, they'll encourage players not necessarily the players but they'll encourage the heroes of azeroth They're like yeah yes come and get me right and they're like okay yeah like and while we thought they're dead they're like actually just kidding because now the spotlight is off of me it's time for me to go do my little evil plots or at least their minions can while you said while they're resting and recuperating so it's, it's quite schemey of them i wouldn't be surprised if we we find out that's exactly what happened in, like, another, I don't even know how many expansions. I still hope we get an Old God expansion at some point. That's the hope. I want to- well, I think we'll get, we'll get a straight-up Void expansion, I think. I hope I mean, so. It'll be- I just, I want to go to, like, more than that. the Black yeah. City, but I want it to be, like, the entirety of whatever zone we're in. Not, it'll be the- well, Like, a, a Zuldo- uh, Wow, not Zuldo. Um, Zuldazar. Right. Like, we'll, I want- no, we'll- I would say we'll get like an entire black continent, except yeah, for the so. fact that I don't well, see, I don't think they would do like, they'd want to change it up thematically enough. They, that, they probably would. We could do so different. We'll, 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 get like a solid, we'll get a solid black zone. We'll get at least one black zone. Yeah. Right. And then like some, some variations on that beyond. Yeah. I, I, I just want to see, like, I know we already always talk about the artificer, but we've seen a void corrupted planet and now I want to go to one. I think it would be neat. So we should do that. That that would that would be interesting just because the tentacles are so massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be cool like to use them as like bridges to get to other places? Like they're so big and they just like and you just run it's like Dragon Ball Z just like running along the spine of uh this giant well, yeah, like, part tentacle, of like, part of the planet would would have to be like you're on just on the old god. Like yeah, you're just yeah, standing exactly. on like its skin and uh-huh. you're just walking around. Yeah. It would be creepy. <laughs> you're walking yes. around and then just like the the ground beneath you suddenly shifts and like there's an eyeball that's like half a mile wide and that's open so you're like oh god it's an event stab it in the eye stab <laughs> it in the eye all right well I, unless we have anything else to say about Yog let's go ahead and wrap it up there then all right well Yog is a butt face but we haven't seen the last of them and that has been The Torn and the Goblin, number 145. Thank you to Jarrett for producing. Thank you to Kerbar for editing. And thank you at home for downloading and listening. 
We are at Torn Goblin on Twitter, also at the Mash Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons. Also YouTube at YouTube.com slash Mash Those Buttons. Katie, where can people find you? As always, you can find me at HyroleMaster77 on Twitter. And I am at WookieBH on Twitter. You can also find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about Warcraft news and guild management, and also over on Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, talking about the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We should be starting Mass Effect 3 right about now. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord and email us your thoughts or questions. Let us know what you think about Yogg Saron at torngoblin at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can. And visit mtb.gg slash support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including our Patreon, where you can support this show by joining the Torn and Goblin membership at $1.25 per episode or $2.50 per month. Or you can provide general support for $2 a month. And you can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtv.gg slash support. And stay tuned to hear about our other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. The opinions expressed on this show are the express opinions of the hosts and are not representative of Blizzard Entertainment. All place names and character names for World of Warcraft used are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. and the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended. For Katie, I'm Nick. Ancestors watch over you. Nakfish Yogg-Saron, friends. Oh, we're still doing that. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out mashthosebuttons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash mashthosebuttons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord. 